are we uh, are we waiting for something, Jake? No, no. Just we're just waiting for you, uh, actually. And uh, well, I was on time. I oh, were you? Were you? I don't. I was dead at one. Absolutely. All right. Flashback. Uh, Nemeth and Trubo were out there. Two hello, dead. hello, hello. Yeah. Oh, hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Okay. Hi, 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 hi. End of flashback. I think you've got to start wondering, what the hell is this plot? Well, hello, and welcome to A Game of Zones, the dedicated fantasy hockey podcast following the 32-team dynasty format, Westeros Hockey League, coming to you live on Discord from the best port city in the north, whether you call that White Harbor or Vancouver, Canada, it's your master of whispers, Jake. Joining me today, the Prince of Purple, the man whose season has sadly started a little perron shaped commissioner of the league, one half of the High Garden Roses. It's Dave. Hello, friends. Thank you, and, Jake. And the premier of New Brunswick, whose team has seen the highest of peaks and the widest of valley mackies. Second in our Chris's, but first in our hearts. From Old Volantis, it's Chris. Hi, guys. And our That's guest host for today, from the last sovereign state of Westeros, any team would feel secure with him at the helm. GM of the Sunspear Scorpions, it's Paul. Hey, everyone. Good to have you. Um, so we'll get started. We have some things to talk about, and then anything else that kind of comes up, we'll chat along the way. It's been a while since we had a podcast. As always, anyone that's listening, um, awesome to have you live. Chat about anything you want to say in the live chat thread, and then we'll just keep talking about it and including it when we're talking um, between the four of us. So uh, first thing to talk about, a few league updates. We're still looking for a GM for Astapor. For now, the lineups will be set every week by the council so that they're active and all trading is paused, but we're still trying to find a GM. And uh, that's it, I think. Any other update? Nope. <clears throat> Are we looking into something to do with the IR, or am I crazy? Yeah, we should talk about that. It, it's We're going to try and figure out the best balance of um, when players on IR should still count to the cap floor. And I think mm -hmm. like, I had been talking to Ryan a lot about that, who had good ideas, just in terms of um, what eligibility should be that a player on IR should still count as the floor. And his suggestion was if they played a game the last season, even if they start the season on IR, they should reasonably count to the floor. And I think that's a good starting point. So we'll figure it out and then make a, an actual decision on when it should count to the floor. It's basically all, all we should really try and do is not let like um, the Brent Seabrooks count as cap floor. That's really it. So I don't think anyone has Brent Seabrook. So we're, we're already on a good spot. Um, so I have got uh, some things to talk about. We're going to talk about the standings in our league. We're going to play a little game. And then we're going to talk about the Westeros South division because we got Dave here and we got Paul here. So we can dissect that a bit. 
Is there any other hot take or comment that anyone wants to start the podcast with? Chris, this is your domain. You got anything for us? <laughs> yeah, spice it up. Me? Yeah. yeah you're... Oh, you said hot take. Um, well, I mean, if you look at if you look at the standings and you filter by fantasy points for and fantasy points against, there's three or three or four teams that I noticed that are like doing way worse than they should be. Um, and there's a few teams that I noticed that are doing might maybe a little bit better. Oh, here we go. Um, but just like filtering by uh, fantasy points for, there's two teams in the top ten that are 13th and 21st in the uh, in the standings, and one of them, one of them is me. But I'm I want to really talk about uh, Jevin Castleblack. He is getting roasted, and yeah. his yeah, team is a top ten team, and it is awesome. It's a tough spot. It is a tough spot. Um, and I looked at his shooting percentages, and they are very similar to my shooting percentages, where like I have a lot of assists so far, but nobody's actually scored except Leon Dreisaitl. Um Apart from my top two centers, I have like three goals all around, and <laughs> and he's in a similar spot. So it's kind of funny to look and see that. And Speaking of that, when you do filter for fantasy points against, um, a lot of the top five is teams that are in the bottom. But Bear Island has tons of fantasy points against, but has managed to still eke out a 3-1 and one record. So that's that's a pretty efficient use of points. 3-1, and one, and he scored like 50 more points than he yeah. has against him. Yeah. He, no, actually less than that, because it's doubled. Yeah, so no he scored... 25 more points than he has against him, and that's he's somehow 3-1. and one, Hey, that's how you Which win. is awesome. Yeah, there's Old Town's number tight. one on that. Ooh. Yeah, Old Town has gotten mucked. There are a few teams. That's part of what we're going to talk about, is some of these teams that have um, been a victim of circumstance. Uh, and so you've definitely hit on a few. I think Castle Black... Um, has had a that bad, was the biggest one that I noticed yeah, for sure. Yeah, he had a bad week. Again, we're only like four, almost six um, games in, so trends are just for fun. But he hasn't had a great start. It's unsustainably bad. That's the title. We're talking about sustainably good and unsustainably bad. Oh, Chris, I like stop that. Stop peeking at my notes. You've already played the game. You've already... You've oh, man. listed my titles. Why am I even doing I this? do have an idea. I do have an idea for the game though, like for scoring wise. So like so there's no way to cheat or so nobody can like quickly like say something and it accidentally pops up. Uh-huh. Why don't when you give us the question, we count down from 3 and say the first thing that comes to our head at the same time. Okay. Okay. We'll do, we'll do that. Just me versus Dave. Now someone first, someone well, second. No, that's, me we're Dave. gonna we're gonna get Paul in here. Like he's yeah. awesome. okay. Me versus Paul versus Dave. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Paul's getting roasted today too. Let's go. Oh yeah, you're you're on now, buddy. Um. So let's start. Uh, we'll start with some. Uh, uh, let's let's just go into unsustainably bad. So there are a few that I want to talk about, and two of them are among our hosts today. So oh, no. of the record of the teams that I think have had um, some bad starts, but some good talent, we're gonna focus in on Highgarden, Sunspear, Ashai, Korth, and Frostfang. Um, so I don't think any of you guys are above 
500. I'm just going to check your record, Paul. No. Do you know, are you two and two? Nope. Or are you one and three? I, I'm one and three. You're one and three. So yeah. I went through the rosters, and there are a few guys that seem to be kind of lagging. So we'll kind of talk about those guys and see, like, are they going to pick it up enough that they're going to change um, the fortunes of these guys? So we'll start, we'll talk with Highgarden and Sunspear. And Highgarden has Bergeron, Crosby, Pacioretty. Cros Crosby's obviously been out. Pacioretty's been out. Bergeron's been slow. And then Sunspear, you've got Debrincat, who's kind of been a little bit, like the whole Chicago team has been crap. Um, Monaghan. And you've got Kemper. And Kemper has not been acting like I'd expect a uh, Colorado goalie to be acting. So what is your take? We'll start with you. How do you feel about your team? Do you feel like you're going to turn around, or are you in the dumps? I I think it's early. Um, I've also been racked with people going off and on COVID protocols, which kind of mm -hmm. suck. And we have weekly lineups, so it's not something I could adapt to. But, and it, um, yeah, you're right. Monaghan and before Shikran, when I had him, yeah. they were uh, lackluster, to say the least. Monaghan has been kind of picking it up. I think he's got a few points in the last few games. So that's good. Um, I think we're, I can turn it around. I'm not going to be super competitive, and but eking into the playoffs is definitely my my goal for the year, yeah, which I think too. I can still like do. Pod Colson, I feel like he's still getting the rookie jitters off, but he could definitely have a better season than he has been so far. He's had like two points. Yes, he has. I think, and I, I've watched him play live, and I may be a biased Canucks fan, but he's got it in him. He's just... He's new. He's only 20 years old, Russian, so he's gonna take some time. But once he once he kicks it in, he'll be great. Good stuff. Good stuff. How do you how are you feeling, Dave? Not good. I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> you gotta talk about uh, the ledge. Well, I'm one in five because I'm losing both on matches this week, and I there's know. not a whole lot that can be done to fix that. I don't think. So I think it's worth saying that that's where we're starting. Uh, yeah. so it is rough. Obviously, Crosby. Having a surgery so late into the offseason and then spilling into the season and getting COVID literally as soon as he comes back, bringing Dumoulin with him. Um, obviously, Patrick having start, starting well and then getting hurt. I think the loss of Patrick and Stone has kind of dropped uh, Shea Theodore's yep. value a little bit. Uh, kind of, yeah. Kind of going through it. Um, Sharon Gowich and Don Scully are shooting 0%, which is super cool. Things are going. Things are going not very well. Pinto got hurt. <laughs> you think Edler could turn it around for you? <laughs> it's Edler bad is when like Edler's one of your best. ironically one of my better players right yeah, now. I so I don't. I do not like uh, the slander on my third best defenseman. Well, at least you know he's going for a second, right? He's going for a second at the deadline. Oh, oh, he sure might. <laughs> I still have optimism for your team, like. Bergeron is going to turn it around in the same way that, like... He already has been a little bit this week. Right? Like, I mean, Bergeron got a four-goal game the other day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's that didn't help me even in the slightest. I know. Really? How many points did that get you that night? Oh, 20. Oh, sick. Yeah, but it helps that Anthony Duclair dropped a 20-bomb. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. For no apparent reason. So sick. I get it. I'm I'm against a Marner owner, and Marner has been quiet until my until matchup this week. This with, week, like, right? multi-point multi games back-to-back. -back. <laughs> like, okay. At least Paul and I are in the same situation, situation where our vision is pretty bad comparatively to everyone else. 
Our chances of making playoffs are are better, even though we've started bad. And I do feel as though there are some teams in West Rose South, not to skip ahead too much to talk about just the division, but there are some teams that have started really strong that I, I wonder if they're going to be able to stay strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there can be some room for upset, especially considering we have, we have 18 weeks of matchups and we're only finishing yeah. week three. So um, I think starting the the year, we would have all thought that Sharon Govich would have taken off, but now Hughes is injured. Bleh. Don Skoy had a great year. He was going to have a top six role and bleh. Crosby's going to be back. Bergeron's going to get started. I I think there's I think there's hope. I think there's hope. There's definitely yeah like like there's cause for concern. Obviously like things have gone about as bad in every way possible as I could have imagined except for um Shesterkin trying his absolute best to hard carry my team like he is currently the Rangers. <laughs> He's sure trying. Uh, it's not quite enough, but it's close. And he go che. Yeah, oh, man. Was Gucci even playing last night? I'm not even sure if he was. No, he hasn't played in a month, man. Yeah. I mean, like, that's why you start listen, season 6-0 we, if you're not starting the GOAT. They need McKeg. We, <laughs> they can't. They can't. Well, we're, 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 we're 6-0-1 with McKeg, 0-3-1 without him. So that's all I'm saying. It's worth looking into. <laughs> get, get the keg back in the lineup. So, Paul, talk us through your big blockbuster. That did not happen so long ago. Um, what made you cut weight with Chikrin? Yeah. And were there any other offers on the table? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. There was that might that might have been a really good offer. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah I I was he wasn't on the block actually at first. Like I was pretty reluctant on uh, on trading him. But then I had a I had a GM come to me with a pretty good offer that turned my head, and I was like, okay, maybe and. Maybe I can do this. Yeah, and uh, my my that? logic, like I I was still reluctant because Shikarin's young. He's you know we've seen what he can do last year. Yeah, but I do want to be competitive this year, and Shikarin's not going to do it. He's like minus twenty. So right, like oh yeah, he did get a point the other night that. though. So you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I needed to I needed to cut him, and uh, I was seeing what kind of return I got. And yes, I did I did get quite a few offers. Um, someone in this podcast also offered me pretty good. <laughs> Not, and then, uh, but the offer I ultimately decided was something that I think made more sense because I got a younger D back who's also a stud. Yep. And um, I did have to offload Comtois Forum, which I think was okay on my part. I I have a lot of left wingers that I think are fine any the way I have them. Mm-hmm. Comtois also really really slow start. I don't even think he has a point yet. He's and d- I'm not even playing. Better. Yeah, he's not even. I'm pretty sure he's scratched. Like, so I mean, I'm I'm sure he can turn it around. I'm sure he can turn it around. He's really young. We can see what he can do. But again, I need to be competitive this year. So I I need to I need to get players that can play now. So yeah, cut the weight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, getting Heiskanen back was huge. Like, oh, like he had a three assists night. Like right after I got him, oh, cemented my love for him. So I'm a big Miro Heiskanen fan now. He's been hot. Um, what did you make of the dollar difference? Obviously, Chikrin's contract is probably part of the reason that you drafted him so high in the inaugural. So did that feel hard to trade? Or do you feel as though knowing Heisken is worth 8 mil, then you know you just pay for an 8 mil uh, defenseman? That was partly the reason why I had to let go of Comto as well, because of his 2 mil hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 
so I pretty much offloaded six mil for eight mil, having to pay a little two more. So I thought it was okay. Um, yeah, Shikrin's contract at four point five is super like a steal for the next four years. But uh, Heiskanen's, I think he's worth it. If I have to let go of contracts, that's a good problem to have. I can let go of contracts in the off season. Fair enough. But uh, for now, Heiskanen for sure. I would take that deal all the time. And you did. <laughs> you you did do it all the time. <laughs> and it's funny because when I drafted when I drafted Shikran, it was up to him. It was either him or Nurse at the time, and I was it, that was that was the doozy of a decision I had to make at the inaugural. Yeah, right. And then yeah. that worked out good. To, yeah. If you start to regret that, at least now you've been able yeah. to to turn it around. I've been able to salvage it, but yeah. yeah. What could have been if I drafted Nurse instead? Oh well. Yeah. I think I was between Riley or Ekblad too when I went to draft and I mean yeah. Riley's been pretty good, but now they have the same contract. Mm, yep. Yeah. And Ekblad's younger and on Florida. And always hurt. Mm, yep. And the number one uh, fantasy defenseman in the league. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. Ekblad's just such a dangerous pick. Like he's always injured, so it's like I don't definitely don't uh, fault you for Trying to play yeah, I know. I went, I went Riley, and now I'm looking, and I'm like, that sucks. So let's talk about some more unsustainably bads. And we'll mostly just talk about some of the players that I've picked out because they're underperforming specifically. And whether or not, I think that these ones, if they start to turn around, they'll be able to kind of lift these teams up as well. So Ashai has Shifley. That's less than, I think, half a point per game. Lafreniere, maybe Dave can weigh in on that. And he's nine minutes from, a game, and he's upgraded from Razik to Bennington, so that's going to be a big, a big spin. Korth has Taves, who's been crap, Palmieri, who's been kind of crap, and Hughes, who's been injured, um, Jack Hughes, that is. And then Frostfang has Petrie, Tofoli, Samsonov, and Evander Kane. And what's the Evander Kane situation going to be? So that's what I think we should talk about. These, what of these three teams do you think has most of an optimistic outcome? I have a weird feeling Vander Kane's not going to play in the NHL. I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> you think so? I mean, after seeing Tony D'Angelo get a contract and, and all the other shenanigans, Kane is too good of a player to not play again. That's uh, I just like, think he's the biggest loser ever. But so yeah, is Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? Like, D'Angelo is an absolute turd, and he's back. And Kane's going to have a He did get back to hit, though. Yeah, some, for some reason. Figure that one out. Yeah. Vander Kane actually forged it, though, didn't he? It reminds yeah, me he, part of he faked it. That's why he got suspended. Yeah, Yeah, like, that's that's not good. And the team already hated him before that. Yeah, they don't want him. Like, the team doesn't want him there at all. Yeah, so I think he'd need to get traded. But who's going to take on $7 million dollars for a loser? Yeah. At least, like, Tony is getting a $1 million one year, whatever, right? That's true. Yeah, that's figured true. out. But like, somebody's actually going to have to pay Evander Kane seven million dollars. And like, the problem with the problems with D'Angelo are, were worse than, or not as bad as, rather, is the problems with Kane. Like, D'Angelo had some. <laughs> I would, I, I would go as far as to say like, D'Angelo I, isn't as bad. I, I think I would have to agree. I think that what's come out with Kane's personal life 
Yeah. He's probably worse than D'Angelo just being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, but he's he said some some racial things too oh, yeah, that so aren't too okay. aren't too good. And yeah. he beat up a teammate. And yeah. and punched his goalie. <laughs> he did. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think D'Angelo hit him. In all honesty, I, I think D'Angelo got hit after getting in his face. He, yeah, he, which is true, and Georgiev does part. suck, so... Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Georgiev didn't suck when that fight happened, um, but he does suck now. <laughs> he yeah. sucked the whole time. He's been... Really, the really shit part, and then got hit. <laughs> um, so I feel like Frostbang's in a tough spot, because I remember Kane fell in the inaugural draft a lot, and then when he finally got drafted, all of us said, I mean, I wish I had the balls because he was way too late. But now, I don't know. That's a tough that's a tough one to have to float for the next couple of years. And it's it's tough too with Frostfang. I think just due to the nature of like the hellscape that is the West Coast North. That's true. Where like he is seventh in the north, both in record and in points. If he was in the south, his points would be uh fourth. Like, Jesus Christ. And not far off of third. Like, six points below third. So, it, it, it'll yeah. take more for him to build a climb back into a spot to be competitive, let alone make playoffs. Because there are six playoff teams in Westeros North. And only yeah. five will get in, assuming we beat all of the South for the wild card spots. Oh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> you will, yeah. Oh, that, that's not a question, I don't think. So, that's tough. There's already an on man out before Frostfang. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the deal with Laugh? Is he like never gonna be a thirty goal scorer? Is he gonna be a thirty point scorer? Like, what's the deal? It's so it's so hard to say. I think it's the cause for concern is there, but it you know he obviously hasn't had a ton of time to develop, seeing as you know his COVID short seasons and and whatnot. He gets he's been getting bounced around a lot. Uh, the problem right now is no one on the offense really is clicking. So, like, Panarin's been bad. Uh, Zabanjo has been not very good. Our right wingers have not been able to produce a single thing. Um, which is, like, so cool. Kreider's been good. Kreider's been good. I still think Kreider might have a left winger, which he actually has been for the last, like, few games. Yeah, fair. Yeah, you're right. 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 Um... But no, because the, the, the team has basically been like, have Fox go crazy, sit crowd in front of the net to, to deflect, screen, and get rebounds, and hope uh, Igor Tristrickman's in one goal or less. Like, that's basically just the game plan. So, we'll see how the oh, offense comes along. So I optimistic. have faith in here. We were all so optimistic about the Rangers to start this season. Yeah. Oh, well, oh I mean, trust actually, me. I, I should say that's pretty mixed. That's pretty mixed. They traded Bucinevich and they brought in Reeves. But otherwise, we were optimistic. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there's obviously a lot going on, and I think uh, I'm I'm worried like this like the trading of Bucinevich kind of like has led like the slump that is like Panarin, and it's rubbed off negatively on on Zibanejad because you know having Bucinevich there was huge in that line. Uh, was like a really our top points scoring line. Like they were incredible together. Uh, and I and the the problem is there's been no one really on the right side to fill that gap. You know, Goudreau has been getting points. 
Kako was hurt, and now he's invisible. Ah, the Kako alarmists are. I, I'm I'm still like a, like a crazy like off a Kool Aid Kako defender. He looks good at times, and he looks horrible at times. And obviously, you have Blay. Uh, there's it, we're not a great situation <laughs> offensively. I think it can improve. I mean, it can't get a whole lot worse, but the, I, the, I I don't think it's reasonable to say that Lafreniere is not going to be good. I think he still has like the potential to be that third goal scorer. He ain't going to do it playing nine minutes a night. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that, okay, that, that, that's one isolated instance where he did it for one night. And he, he what happened actually did like Gallant's objective was accomplished. He didn't like Lafreniere's play on the third line in terms of the physical aspects, you know, not finishing checks, going into scrums and stuff. But on the fourth line, and he did work, and he's playing the corners and getting really physical. He went back up to the third line last night. Granted, I don't like seeing him on the third line, but the way everything's set up is it's not worth changing. Kreider obviously works best on the left wing. He's been good. He's going to swap aside uh at Panarin is staying on his slot with uh, Strom. That can happen. It leaves the third line as like the best we can do for Lafreniere right now. I mean, things can change on a dime, but uh, there's there's definitely a mixed bag for some of these teams that have been shafted by underperformances and how much higher they can climb. But again, we are only in week three, so there's a lot to that. The other side of it, though, let's talk about the question mark sustainably good. Um, I will say uh, that the only team poised to go 6-0 and is yours truly, the White Harbor Tridents. Um but there are a lot that are going to go five and one. So the Kraken, unsustainably Arsenal, good. Bear Island, <laughs> the Doom, Cohor, and Planky Town are all going to go five and one. And then uh, Old Volantis and Castle Black, kind of we, like we talked about already, mostly a victim of luck that they're not in that uh, five and one category. But which of these teams that are at the top are there any that are odd men out, or are we looking at what are going to be you know, our most competitive teams this year. Like, if you're looking at the top couple teams who shouldn't yeah. be there, is that what you're saying? Is, yeah, is there a team that you feel as though is the odd man out? Uh, or is this kind of like I don't think Marine... Marine's a playoff team, probably, but I don't think he's... he's there, if that makes sense. I think it'll depend on if Kucherov comes back, or when. Yeah, but, like, also... I mean, his top four centers are Glenn Denning, Jost, Rasmus, and Stahl. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then his left wings are Blaze, Gord, Kreider, Verhage, which is good. But then on the right wing, it's Clutterbuck, Duhame, Nobody, and Natchez. Although it would have been Kucherov, so like, right? So you, you slide Kucherov It would have been Kucherov, team. which would be good. Um, but then it gets even worse when you look at the goalies. And none of them are actually starting playing. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, still, I feel like Marine I think I think Marine is have. one of the players that I lost to last week. I would I think. be because I didn't score. I scored two goals all week. I think, and they were both empty net goals, <laughs> <laughs> which is a legitimate thing. Actually, it might have been three, but it was a legitimate thing. I have no idea. But yeah, uh, I don't think 
I think he's probably a playoff team, especially when Kucherov comes back. But I don't think he's a top five team, if that makes sense. Okay, I think that's probably fair. I would agree, definitely. A uh, team. That's that would be my take. I mean, Ty Rosh will probably fall off as well. But I have to say, honorable mention to Ty Rosh, who has sold everything and is still in the top half of the league by record. Yeah, and he he has Andrei Sveshnikov too, which is good. Yeah, and his and right wings are pretty good. Yeah. So I guess this is a little bit less uh, noticeable because we're we're just kind of talking about teams that have been doing well, and that's just the end of it. They've been doing well. They have been doing well. Should we move on to our game? Can I take my sausage out of the oven first? <laughs> yeah, you go whip your sausage out, Chris. <laughs> Has anyone watched any movies recently? I haven't seen Dune. Has anyone seen Dune? I've seen Dune. Dune's really good? good. Yeah. Have you read? I'll have to get a good summary from Kale. Kale's a big like artsy movie guy, and he yeah. saw Dune and loved it. So, did you read the book, Paul, or just go for it? Um, no, I just went for it. I'm cool. actually reading the book now because I thought the movie was really good and I want to know how it ends, so I'm reading the book. The The book was... I feel as though oh. the book gets a lot of um, accolades because it was sort of uh, very genre-setting when it was put out. Like it's a very... It was like the first sci-fi... Yeah, right? Like, it's a very unique universe, yeah. and developed thing but the actual book is a little bit um so <laughs> i think it could be a very good movie so i i'm still excited to see it but i wonder if you'll be a little bit disappointed by the book after having seen a movie that you liked actually i'm like almost halfway through the book i know i say like 30 percent, and i thought it, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far oh, well it's pretty good yeah it's i mean it's a little it's a book, so it's a little they, dry. It it drags on some on some points, but I like it. It adds more depth to a lot of characters that you don't get in the movie, obviously. So it's nice. Fair enough. I also saw Eternals last night. Also, I thought it was a pretty good movie. We'll have to wait for Chris to come back. Chris is telling. So I've only ever seen Iron Man one and Iron Man two. That's it. That's it. I feel like wow. Yeah, we're Jake and I are doing a movie night soon. Yeah, I've been told I have to get up to speed. How did you manage to not watch any well, other Marvel just, movie in the past decade? It started as like you know you miss a few and then you realize it's a big franchise and you're like oh I'd have to catch up and then I didn't want to catch up and then it kept <laughs> being big and it got bigger and bigger and now it's like the movie cultural phenomenon of this decade and I've seen Iron Man one and two. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that's actually... I've only seen Iron Man 3 and Thor Ragnarok and that's it wow okay so Dave you're hopping in here too I'm going to stream it to us sometime. yeah apparently we're going to do a, a a Marvel streaming night over a couple of nights throughout the season we'll get ourselves ca caught up I, I did the whole thing over like kind of when my restaurant that I work at shut down uh, my roommate and I did like all the shows and all the movies from the start it took like probably 20 days of just straight watching movies and shows because we couldn't leave our house we didn't do anything we just watched right. the movies 
It was awesome. I'm back now, by the way. Oh, are you? How's that sausage? Well, I, if, well, I did a sausage and pepper bake. Oh, mm. delicious. So, turkey sausage, asparagus, um, three colors of heirloom potatoes, red pepper, parmesan, I was gonna uh, asparagus. Christ. Thanks, asparagus twice. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> well, I put two of them in there. It's so, so, so nice you got to say it twice. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, I got a bit of a hodgepodge kind of game um, for us to talk about. But uh, we're going to be talking about different players, obviously. Mm. Um, and it'll kind of be in three sections. So the first one, we're going to talk about, uh, even though Chris sort of ruined it, I want <laughs> you guys to list the top three in the following positions that are currently in fantasy points in our league. So, do one at a time, so we can just yeah, yell so them out. We're, well, we're going to do the top three defensemen first. One, two, and three. So, Chris, you're saying that we should do... You you guys say uh, who's ranked number one, and then we say who's ranked number two, and then we say who's ranked number three? Me. No, it's, just, it's not just you. He's cutting out from me as well. Okay. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. But we're saying we should just have you guys say who you think number one is. And then talk about it, and then say who number two is. Yeah. Are we doing this in the context of this league, or this like league, in general this fantasy? League, based on fan points in our league, who are the top okay. three okay. of each position? Um, okay. Okay. So, I guess we can start with who you guys think is number one, and then we'll go from there. We'll do number two, and then we'll do okay. number three. Count it down. Let's go. All right. I'll give I looked at this morning. Give me. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you guys have a good chance of of, of getting these. Um, all right, so top ranked D in our league, three, two, one, go. Fox, Fox, yeah. I didn't hear Dave. What'd you say, Dave? You said Ekblad. Yeah, Ekblad's up. Oh well, it's Adam Fox. Adam Fox, eighty-eight points. He is tenth. Overall, Ooh. in all players, goalies and skaters. Damn. For a steal of a deal at 925k. For now. For now. <laughs> For now. Pretty good. All right, number two. Who's the number two ranked D? Think about it. Three. Let's go. Two. One. Go. Yes. I had been. Okay, interesting. We have all three of three different answers. Um, I don't know how much to give this to Chris because I know he looked this morning, and the answer is Yossi. Yossi <laughs> I look is the every day. Uh, so the second most uh, productive defenseman is Roman Yossi, seventy-nine points, nine points behind Fox. Hmm. My wow. boy. Yeah. My boy. Saved me. And I told you to pick ass. him, and you got angry with me that you did pick him there. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look back. I know I did have regrets that I I bit for Yossi so early, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's paid off so far. And Welcome. Um, <laughs> we'll go now to number three. Who's the third best defenseman? Three, two, one. Nurse no. Ekblad. And Dave, what'd you say? It's a nurse. And it's Ekblad. 
Oh, oh no, that's so weird that I got them all right. Yeah, I feel like I can't really, I can't <laughs> oh. respectfully give you three points. You're the guy who looked at the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Let this be a I lesson. I do it every day. Like, yeah. well, I would have gotten them anyways. Guys, wake up, have your coffee, go to the bathroom, check the top ranked players of each position. Yeah. This is more routine. Okay, um, let's go to goalies. I want you to t- oh, right, that's talk about the, the top ranked goalie in our league think about it three two one go markstrom markstrom, markstrom. yeah three yeah. for three gentlemen jacob markstrom is the third most productive player in our league it goes dracidal mcdavid markstrom wait who was Crazy. first <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's number two? Three, two, one, go. Anderson. Sorokin. And what'd you say, Dave? Sorokin. And it's Sorokin. Is it? Really? Wow. Because Varlamov's been out, so it's just been... been Yeah, but Anderson's been, like, what, eight eight wins at least. Um... This is... Oh, Sorokin has more shutouts, huh? You're heavily leaning into this uh, next conversation now, Paul, but... Uh, let's go with the number three ranked goalie in uh, three, two, one. This one has to be Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, okay. It is, it is Anderson. Uh, Anderson is uh, three points behind Sorokin. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, points. It's close. Yeah. And I will say at number four, the ninth most val- Oh, God. That was bad backup. Uh, the ninth most valuable player is Jack Karski. Campbell. Jack Campbell. <laughs> the last starting goalie chosen in our draft. And then it's Igor Shesterkin. Not too far behind. At number 11. The 11th best player, period, in our league, Igor Shesterkin. Yay. <laughs> it's, so, um, it's so sad that Kemper is not, not up there. I God know, and it, I dude. feel like that's you, it's Ryan for to the mean. <laughs> it's going to... Like he's got to get better. Um, yeah. So let's go. To, rather than do every position, because then it kind of just gets whatever. I'm gonna say, sure. of these five players, which one? Oh, okay, good one. Is not in the top fifty, and this is all players, so it includes well, goalies. So I'll which guess. of these players is not in the top fifty? You have Mitch Marner. Uh, Nick Suzuki, Sebastian Ajo, Jonathan Huberdo, and John Taveras. All of these gentlemen are in the top 50, except for one. One has lagged behind. So, think about it. Marner, Suzuki, Ajo, Huberdo, Tavares. And three, two, one. All right, so we had, I think that was Paul with Suzuki. No, uh, no, I said Suzuki. Tavares. Yeah, I said Tavares. Said I, I also said Tavares. And Dave said Tavares. Oh, I didn't. Said, fuck, I didn't. Chris said Suzuki. But now I'm thinking it's Tavares. Well, gentlemen, it's Jonathan Huberto. What? Is it? Yeah. What? Really? What the hell? Jonathan Huberto. He's, like, he's just outside the top 50. He's like. I, I purposefully picked this. He's he's fifty two. I assume so. But um, the next 
the next one on that list is actually Aho at 41. Hmm. I can believe that. Aho was my next pick. Yeah. And then, uh, despite his slow start, Marner is 33. Um, and don't make a liar of me. Where the hell is Tavares? Tavares is 20. And uh -oh. what else did I say? Suzuki is also somewhere in here. He's like 30-something. Hirudo's 42, No, wait. Ryan. Suzuki's 42? Sure? Ryan, are you including goalies? Is that what you said? Uh, Suzuki is 34. Ah, okay. Ryan, you must yeah. not be including goalies. I'm including goalies. Goalies aren't people. <laughs> you of all people <laughs> cannot say that. You know goalies are worth two. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Humido. Not what I'd expect because he's having a great start, but uh, just outside the top 50. Okay. Yeah, I didn't study my top 50 this morning, so. Wow. Yeah, to get that no, no, ready. Okay, so now um, this one is which of these players who was picked in the first round of our draft is currently the lowest ranked player? Ekren. And your options. Shikrin wasn't drafted in the first. Your options are Kaprizov, Point, Panarin, and McKinnon. Who oh. is the lowest oh. ranked? I'll give you a second oh. to think about it. Three, two, one. Mechanic. So we had a Kaprizov. Do we I think it's Kaprizov. Kaprizovs? <laughs> was it Dave and Paul? Yeah. yeah. I should I should McKinnon because I own him in another league and he sucks. And you know what? <laughs> he does suck. He is the worst of those four players. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's 119th. Kaprizov can't be that far behind, can Kaprizov he? Kaprizov is 104. Or Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, Where's it's not point? that far behind. Point was my second. Point was going to be my second guess. He's two spots better than McKinnon. Oh, okay. I can't go too wild with you guys, or else it gets really obvious. And the other thing is that our, our point system ends up kind of pretty fluid. But uh, all that to say, the third overall pick is struggling. Okay, Glad so I didn't now, go third. So now these are just some... Uh, some more fun ones to... It's really just one fun one to talk about. Um, of these three guys that were drafted, I'm pretty sure outside the top 200, uh, which one is doing the best between Duchesne, Tarasenko, and Getzloff? Who has the most points? Mm. Mm. Good one. Get Slav. Okay. And... I don't know. I want to say Duchesne because he's my boy, but I, have no... I don't know. Of these three, tired, man. Duchesne is actually the worst. But saying uh... the worst is 66th. Uh, Getzlaff is in the top 50. 49. Wow, really? Yeah. He's, been, he's actually been like, popping off for no he's apparent been... reason. I, I thought it was Enrique who was popping off. I guess both of them He's are. He's even better. 
And oh, like they're on the same line, of course. <laughs> Incredible. So it is get slap. It's get slap. Okay, that was a big question mark for me. So I mean, even if we don't give you the defenseman points, you still got McKinnon, and you got Getzlaff. So what did I get wrong? His way oh, Suzuki. Suzuki's good, apparently. Suzuki. Uh, and now I want to revisit some of the one for ones, some of the one for one deals. We haven't had too many one for one deals, but we've had a few worth talking about. Um, so the big one that came out was. Wierenski for Buchnevich. Who do you think is doing better between the two? This one, I don't even know if you want to do a game. Let's just like talk about who you think is doing better before I, you and I, how much better you think Wierenski. I haven't heard much from either of them. I don't know right? how either has been doing. Well, I think Wierenski plays even if he sucks. Buchnevich hasn't done nothing. I don't think. Unless I miss something. How much better do you think Wierenski is? Uh, my heart wants to say, like, quite a bit. I don't know. Because defense, like, he's getting points for time on ice, even though it's not crazy. Like, you're going to get hit with the puck more, so that's a block. And I think blocks are weighted weird. They are. Um, I want to say quite a bit, because I don't think Buchnevich is throwing his body in front of a puck. Is everyone? But I'm gonna happen? I'm gonna say tight. I'm gonna say it's tighter than a lot. Yeah, I think I'm actually. I think I'm in agreement with you. Just <clears throat> it, you know, it's easy for Tennessee to get points without scoring. I haven't heard of Pushing laying it up at all. So, but St. Louis has been good. So I, I really maybe so, he's been doing something. So let's do an over under. Do you think that Wierenski is uh, twice as productive as Buchnevich or less than twice? Oh. Oh no. Paul, you answer first. <laughs> um I think I think they're gonna be close. I don't I don't know if if Wierenski has double Bushnevich points. I don't yeah, know if that's enough. true. Fair enough. Dave, nice. you're up. Oh, Why are you up? I don't know. Okay. I will I you know what? I'll say uh that he is Double or more. I don't think I had I because I feel like if I would have if Boost had been doing anything, then the Rangers subreddit would be Biden. melting down because we <laughs> traded him and our whole right wing side just absolutely sucks. So I don't think he's done much. I'll say Wensky is double or more. Chris, what are you gonna do? Uh, I don't know. It's the, the the vote is split. I, my heart tells me he's more than double, but I I'm gonna go with more than that. I'm going with my heart. So Wierenski is um, he has a total of 52 points, which is 5.8 per game. Okay, that's not bad. Kuchnevich has scored 18 points, which is 2.6 per game. Jesus. Wow. Kuchnevich has been crap. How many points does Blaze have? Come home, home, Pavel, please. Come back. We need you so bad. Come back. I know that uh, it was Doom, I think, that took on Wierenski, and then Wierenski got paid 9.5, and Doom went, fuck. But, um, I mean, he's been pretty good. Wierenski's been pretty good. Is Blaze, does Blaze have more points than Bushnevich, and is it double? Almost certainly. Let me look him up. Uh, 
because that would be awesome. Saint Blaze did a whole has a whole lot. Thirty-two points, so just less than double. Oh my god! But when you talk about good trade, Rangers, good trade. When you talk about per game, uh, we also got second. Let's go. Um, how about this one? Uh, Jesper Fast for Michael Bunting. That was a big one. I know that uh, Stephen was. Jesper who? Jesper Fast. You know Jesper Fast. Okay. Or yes, that's the same. Both names. Uh, noted Calder candidate, Maple Leafs first liner, Michael Bunting. Ah, oh. it was Fast for Bunting. Yeah. Were these trades in the off season? This was in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of had to dig into the vault. There weren't enough one for ones to really push a lot of conversation. But uh, who do you think is doing better, and by how much? I'm not sticking. Thinking they've both been good. I feel like Jesper, I... Jesper Foss has been good. I don't know. Yeah, if Foss has been good. Finally, been, finally been doing something. Yeah. I, I I actually miss Foss. He was like the staple of our penalty kill for so long. Did you say Bunting is a Calder candidate, or were you joking? He's Calder eligible. Okay. He is Calder eligible, which has been the running joke. He's like 20. No, my Calder. I'm Calder eligible. (laughs) (laughs) For fuck's sakes. Um. So, um, Michael Bunting uh, has scored 44 points, and Jesper Faust is 47. Pretty much a one-point swap. Oh. Oh, it's tight. What an even trade! I know, and I thought I don't know. I, I like Foss was a known quantity, but he was sort of like you know a bottom sixer. What's going to happen? And then Bunting got the first line. I thought Bunting was going to take off, and he sort of has. But Foss is playing really well, so it's kind of a one for one trade. Pretty good. So this is another one um, that involved uh, Cas- uh, Castle Black. He traded away Spezza and got. Dimitri Yaskin. How do we think it's going? Ooh. Ooh. Yaskin's a second line winger, isn't he? I think so. <laughs> On, the <yellow laughs> On Arizona, what's the what's the conversion? <laughs> I don't think he scored a point, to be honest. Or I would have noticed because I've been what's watching the second liner on Arizona on any other team. So sure he's think, just absolutely nothing. Do you think they're? Close? I'm sure. I. played against the owner of Spezza in week one I think points mm-hmm. so I feel like Spezza has way I'll, I'll, I'll go with you for sure <laughs> like I think I think, I don't know if Jaskins even scored a point so I know that this uh broke uh Steven's heart because he's a Leafs fan and he loves Spezza um Spezza has 37 points Yaskin has 19 oh! yeah, I, knew it. I knew it yeah Yaskin's uh popping in two points per game and Spezza just over three points per game not a good one. Uh, and again, Yaskin isn't geriatric, so we have that going yeah, for us. That's true. He'll he'll well, I mean, he might just go back to the KHL, so they might just have one yeah. season left in them for both. But uh, I've got another tight one to one if you oh, want to. Oh, go for it. What's that one? Let me take over one. Yeah, okay. So it's between Ibn and Knights of the Vale. Okay. So Knights of the Vale <laughs> traded uh uh their fourth round pick for twenty twenty three. And Ibn traded Michael Stone. Who do you think has more fantasy points? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's very tight. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Michael Stone has made it into the lineup yet. Uh, he played a game. Okay. Yes. All right. So Did I, he get I... negative points or something? No, but that would not have been hilarious. <laughs> I was looking for one of those all morning after Jake said something. That uh, No, he had three points. All right. Okay. I mean, that's three points per game. Three yeah. points for a fourth round? Okay. Um, and that's really all I've got. I mean, the last one that was uh, DeMello was traded for uh, Shea, and they both have almost the same number of points. But, of course, <laughs> Shea makes $2 million more. So um, uh, Marine shed $2 million in salary and had the same number of fantasy points. Good for him. That's all I got. It's kind of a hodgepodge. There wasn't enough trades to really go through, but uh, it was. More I will. Like, I, w- I was looking hard for a draft pick for a negative points player. Like, that would really been a really hard. One. I would have really liked that. <laughs> I would have really, really liked that. <laughs> I couldn't find one. I looked <laughs> through every trade. Um, so let's talk about West Row South. I mean, we kind of did. Is there anything else we should talk about in terms of? I just feel like this is the one that, like, you could totally invert oh, yeah. the current standings. <laughs> And I would have believed it. Like, you could say Paul's in first. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. And Highgarden's in second. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's not. I feel like that's the one that has the most topsy-turvy potential. I think, yeah, like, not a whole lot of points separates first from last right now. Um, Paul and I and the bo- Paul and I are bottom feeders, and our teams probably should be. Uh, I yeah, think, I feel I feel like my team shouldn't be where they are right now. And, yeah, and I, feel like I, I feel like my team shouldn't be one and five. It'd be I feeding hope. somewhere in the middle. Yeah, in the middle, I'd believe hundred percent. I'd be okay yeah. with that. It's okay. The season's young. There's the still lots of games young. to play. All, all all we're doing is we're just being really nice to our neighbors up north and allowing five of them to make the playoffs. <laughs> five of them deservedly. I uh, I have to say that I really do start. enjoy that we are um, we were able to do two matchups a week. I feel as though that extra uh, granularity is going to matter for when it comes yeah. to what the final records are. It's nice that we're able to go one and one rather than just lose a week. Because you're uh, playing the number one team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and, and a lot of the, like play more matches and play against more teams more yeah, times. Yeah, it's, it's it's more fun to kind of see you know even if you're losing on one it, like if you're winning in your division that one matters so much more. So um, that's been pretty good. Anyone how, in the chat? Is, there, is it like two against everyone in the division and one against everyone else? Yeah. So the first eight weeks yeah. you will play. Um, I should say the first seven weeks you sh- you'll play um, every other team in your division. And then in the middle weeks, you'll play um, one from each of the other conference. So both of your matchups will be from the other conference. Conference, and then the last seven, you play your your conference again. So the leading up to the Love playoffs, it. you'll have a matchup that's worth like double points, effectively, all the weeks right. leading up to the playoffs. Good stuff. Anyone else they want to have anything they want to talk about? Anything they've they've noticed in the league? Any fun happenings? Any takes? Don Hines. 
John Hines. What about him? No, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I think it's funny. I'm like, I'm looking at, I, I've been, I've been talking about how good the North is. Bear, Bear, <clears throat> Bear Island, sitting in fourth place in the North, would be first placed in, I believe, both uh, SOS East and Westeros South. Yeah, you're right. You're 100 And they are right. a wild card team instead. Just nutty. Like, granted, being wild card doesn't seem so bad when you're playing the Westeros South, but <laughs> to end up being like, I, I think, I think Argent has the most room for volatility, like you said. Like, I like, almost any of these teams could end up winning it. And it's really just like a two week spread. Um, and things can flip flop. Yeah, I sure hope they do when I get my guys back. Well, that's the thing, and I feel like that. Um, you know, knowing that you've had these injuries, the only reason I'm trucking along is because I've mostly been able to avoid it. Like, who do I have out? Uh, Johansson and Edmondson. I, well, Barkov's out for you now. I know, but I hope it's still day to day. Don't put that evil on. I hope oh, so that's, too. That's awesome. Barkov. Maybe. Ugh. Maybe broken femur, but he's going to be okay. Although, I'm just reading the um, the notice, and do you know who's slotted in the 1C position for Florida? Lundell? E2 Loasterinen, who I also have rostered. I was so close to picking him, yeah, and we so didn't, and I am crying about it. <laughs> he has been lights out. He's been so good. Oh, I came so close to doing it. Also, how about 1C Tage Thompson? 1C Tage Thompson has been a force. 1C Tage Thompson's killing it. And and what, with 1.6 mil for years. What? I'm I'm lucky because he was the only guy scoring me goals in that week that nobody else scored goals. I think he had an empty netter. The Sabres, oh. man. What what about eighth defenseman Ty Smith? Holy! He needs goalie eligibility, and so does Rupe Hints, because they haven't done nothing. Oh man, Rupe Hints! I was so high on him this year in my other league. I know. I even traded for him in the off season, but man, what's up with him? I took him so early, man. He hasn't done anything. He and I I were melting down when you took him because we were about to as well. I know. So pissed off because we thought we because we thought we were going to take him high, and you did even higher. And we're like, you are kidding me. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Like, they're not even playing him, though. He's only playing, like, 14 minutes a night. Oh, Lafreniere treatment. I... Yes. <laughs> and he was also playing with, I forget who, but it was, like, a, a recent call-up. He only played, like, two games, and they sent him down, or four games or something. Lafreniere playing with Dryden Hunt. But, but still, like, it's not too good. Dallas He's shooting, though, good. which is still all right, but Dallas he hasn't has scored yet. Not good. Like, Pavelski's been not good. It's really just Heiskanen. It's a Heiskanen show. I think Sagan's been okay, but it hasn't been it hasn't been too hot. He didn't Sagan didn't start off so well, but he's got three points in the last two games, so that's pretty good. Hopefully that'll keep up. For hopefully my sake, can score one this season. That would be infinitely more than he has now. <laughs> he says no goals. He has zero goals, one assist. Holy shit. Oh, that's that's, that's, like, imagine if he just scored two, which would still be terrible. True. <laughs> right? 
That guy was a point per game when he was healthy last year. He was over a point per game. Yeah, sorry, yeah, over a <laughs> point per game. Crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not not too happy with that one. And I don't I don't want to toot my own horn, but Cole Sillinger, man. Cole Sillinger has oh, been. Oh, he's... <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I was really high on Kent Johnson, and I think. I think Dave, you were the one who picked him. Yeah, you did. did. And I was super mad. I was like, God. I mean, I still, I still think that I would pick Johnson. Like, I still think Johnson is like he was the one that was picked first in the actual draft. He was fifth. That's true. That's true. Um, But knowing that Soldier made it, I mean, that's a pretty good hit. And I think you picked him what twelfth overall. Yeah, I think it was like twelfth or thirteenth, something like that. It's a good scoop. And he's still there, and he's got six points in ten games. That kid's crazy. I I was pissed because so like a couple guys that I really wanted went right before my pick, so I traded down. I picked like I think thirty second or thirty fourth and thirty eighth, and I got Scott Morrow and Vili Koivinen, who were two guys that I wanted and I thought could have gone in the first round talent wise. But then Carolina took both of them, and there's never going to be any room for those two in Carolina. It's crazy. <laughs> it's <been> years. <laughs> Meanwhile, that pick you traded back is Zach Leroux, who is playing for your Nashville Predators. I and know. He's lighting it up. And he's juniors. killing it. <laughs> Not to say it wasn't the right trade. It was still a good trade for you. But it's funny to look back now and realize yeah, I know. You know, a top six in Nashville could win yours. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have Thomasino though, so I'm happy. Yeah, it's true. As soon as he plays more than three minutes a game, <laughs> and would not attach to the hip to Nick Cousins and Rocco Grimaldi, he'll kill it. So as soon as John Hines is no longer on the team, as soon as John Hines is fired, yeah. <laughs> I feel well, you. I also want someone fired off the Canucks. I don't know. Travis? I have Demko, so I, whatever you think, I'm okay with because. Man, I was hoping Vancouver would actually score a goal this year. And help so would out, I, but... dude. Dem- I feel so bad for Demko. He is literally the reason that we're even in these games still. That's Saros too, man. I've, I've seen this. I've seen this show before. Yep. Actually, do we all like Saros? We're talking about Demko, Saros, and Shesterkin. Sh- we all yeah. have somebody we root for that. Doesn't have a team in front of them to actually score. It's it's but, so sad watching Rangers games right now because it just reminds me of like the Rangers from like 2006, 2018, where it was the team's not very good, but the goalie is just sitting there like night in night out doing his absolute best to win the game, and sometimes he does it, sometimes he he does he doesn't, but like that's it. Like it's if if it's not if a goalie doesn't doesn't have a worldly performance, that's a loss. You want to see something funny? Like, honestly, it's worth doing. Anybody that's listening, look yeah. up UC Saros and hit images and tell me you could not score six goals on him every game. Look at him in the net, man. He's like 5 1. What's his actual height? He's listed at 5'10, I think. So he's probably closer to 5'9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just a dwarf in there. Yeah, he does look tiny in the net. Holy. Right? Like, his head is just barely above the post. Like, him standing next to Rene, they look, it looks like his child. It looks like <laughs> Rene's child. <laughs> Thank goodness Ben Bishop was another team. 
What? Ben Bishop. I was thinking this bishop would never play with Saros. Saros would look like an actual dwarf. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, Rene is almost a whole a whole head taller than Saros. Almost. I think yeah, I know. It's crazy. Hey, Jonathan Quick's only five ten and he won two cups, so Quick's five ten? I thought Quick was six foot. Isn't he? I, I thought, thought he was I, shorter side. Or am I, I thought, misremembering? Quick's six one, man. Oh, is six five, by the way. So I, like, I think, I think the only two goalies in the NHL that are below six foot are Saros and uh, Halak. Mm. Oh, Halak is that short? Didn't know that. Yeah, Halak's Halak's also tiny. I think he's five eleven though. If, unless I'm crazy. Yeah, he is five eleven. Actually, this has Saros listed at five eleven too, but Nashville has him listed at five ten. Should be. But I am glad that Johansson and Duchesne are actually scoring. I I think that You're... for years Duchesne will remain the biggest steal of our stupid draft when he was drafted nine hundredth overall. <laughs> I remember I I was talking to you. I was going to take Duchesne, but I couldn't afford him. Yeah. Like I was like I really want to just take him, but then and I was were, like I can't afford him, and I'm like I know it. he's going to score this year because he was killing it last year. He just hit the post eight times a game. You were budgeting a lot of money um, late. Like, you took your cheap guys early, and you were able to scoop guys like Kopitar. Like, you had the money. Um, Nedeljkovic is below just... six foot. No, Nedeljkovic is six foot. How do you know the heights of goalies? <laughs> do you look that up uh, every morning, too? Because I, I always draft goalies for height. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Like, in, in, uh, in for example, like, Dynasty Leagues, but you didn't if a, take if a goalie's Olas. drafted really late, that's like six seven. I'll always take him. You did. You and if a goalie's Olas. keep going, sorry. The Rangers guy, he's like six eight. I remember oh, that's the exact. I have Olas in two different. Not this one. Oh, no. do you? Okay. You know? Yeah. Because I was gonna take him in this league because he's six foot eight, and then I think it was a shy that ended up with him. Someone else ended up with him, but um, go look. Reason. So like, if you do look at my team though. And we go to your prospect goals. <laughs> the Montreal draft pick, he's six six. And he sucks. He can't stop a puck, but you can teach people to stop a puck. <laughs> you can't teach people to to grow eat nine foot tall. Oh but yeah, I, I always to... You have what? Sorry, go go for it. No, but like I'll always take like if a goalie is small and taken late, I might take him. But if a goalie's Wolf. huge and taken late, I'll always take him, or I'll always prioritize height because teams do it too. Interesting. Man, Saros like was lights out in every league he ever played in, and he like carried Finland to whatever they did in the World Juniors, and he still got taken in the fourth round somehow. Yeah, that's why I actually like I don't prioritize shorter goalies. But I always like, look at them because I find it's like if your knock is being short, then we might really have something there, you know? Because that's like the only it's thing like I, that would hold you. You know, back. it's like guys who are getting like knock for like <clears throat> being slow, but are good at everything else. It's like I'll take a flyer on my guys. Like I took Wolf. I think Wolf's tiny. I think Wolf's what? Wolf might actually be below six foot as well. I he, think is. he is. I think he's actually. Like, no, he's he's six foot. He is. Yeah. I'm always partial to the shorter end of goalies, like. 
uh, Lundquist and Shesterkin six one. I know it's not short, but it's like shorter side. You I say Shesterkin six one? Yeah. I thought he was taller than that. No, he's he's not big. Weird. Well, guys, that's all I had. To he, say he looks very like an absolute demon. He's always a... Oh, are you ending this right now? Is that what you just did? Well, I don't know how long we want to keep recording talking about the difference in three inches between our different goalies. <laughs> I'm five <laughs> nine. I, I, I'm sure, sure. I don't know if that makes for riveting content. It is sometimes hard to like remember that you're like producing content and yeah, people actually listen to you, and it's not just like I'm just like talking with Chris about. I mean, you're, like, if you're not you're not this, producing riveting content anyway. <laughs> if someone wants to listen to this as they fall asleep, maybe talking about how hilarious. That's kind of the point. Hey, cut us off, man. It's just gonna slowly drift you off to sleep, and uh, that'll be good. But if someone's driving home and has this on the car, I feel like they're gonna get into an accident if we keep talking about the heights of goalies. If we just glamour in, in these podcasts to only listen to it in a place where you can like safely, safely fall asleep. <laughs> People would rather listen to Jake's mic cut in and out. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. That makes sense. It's because they don't want all my... <laughs> coming in. We actually didn't hear what you just said. That was actually so fitting. <laughs> yeah. Do you not yeah. hear when I breathe into the mic? Do you not hear that? I hear we that. We heard that, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to we avoid. We just can't hear you when you talk. Oh, well, I wasn't talking there. I was purposefully just breathing in and out. Uh, it's not like you were trying to say something I got cut off. No, that's hilarious. Yeah. I was trying to... I'm just trying to say I think I talk farther from the mic because I'm trying to not have the air blow by. That's all. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> you're, try you're trying not to have the air blow by what? Oh, okay, that the makes sense. What is going mic? on? That's the end of the <laughs> Cut us off, Jake. That's the end of the sentence. The air blow by. The end of, that's yeah, the end yeah. of what? Jesus Christ. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't even like a, like a joke. Like we're putting on you anymore. This is like actually a problem. Well, I think I think we'll call it then. I think that's it. Okay. Sounds. So, uh, thanks so much to Paul to join us for this first guest. You're slot. not doing an outro. Yeah. <laughs> What out? We've never had an outro. What's the outro? Are we not? No. We always do. We always have some lame, just like, all right, let's go on with our day. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> that's I'm it. gonna be late for work. That's, that's it. it. Oh, that's the outro. That's actually what it is. That's the what. That's what it always is. is. It's it's I'm gonna be late. See ya. That's right. All right. So now we're officially done. Um, thanks so much for everyone who is joining us live, uh, and anyone who's listening on the the recording later. Um, I'll have power rankings out probably next weekend. Um, and I'll reach out again whenever we organize our next podcast for whoever wants to join as a guest. So thanks a lot.